Chapter twenty five of Miss Pym's Camouflage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Pym's Camouflage by Lady Dorothy Stanley. Chapter twenty five. Miss Barton, he cried, striding towards her, dragging his leg. Oh, we'll take care of you and smuggle you out of the country in safety. My goodness, you should thank Himmel and Koitsik that you got here. But she has not come here for herself. It is to warn you, Johann said the german affectionately putting his hand on koitsik's shoulder is that so said koitsik grinning and looking at her with his restless melancholy eyes then there is nothing urgent nothing to bother ourselves about tell kati we have a lady guest and see here hartburg get us something extra for supper turning to miss pym we are growing greedier and greedier every day i am sure all berlin dreams at night of succulent dishes and peace to most of us means a full belly now sit down on the least uncomfortable chair which is this one and koitsik pulled out a very stiff-backed armchair you can see how high our principles are by the order cleanliness and discomfort all around herr koitsik began miss pym now you have to call me koitsik to core or brother koitsik as they do in socialist circles how do you like me for a brother shall i call you sister jane quite sick said miss pym i am troubled and anxious on your account now do sit down quietly and listen to me i have heard as an absolutely certain and settled thing that you are to be arrested the day after to-morrow at a big revolutionary meeting you are then to have a week's training or so at the machine-gun and be sent to the western front put in the frontmost line of trenches chained to your gun and in that way they will get rid of me i have always made as much noise as i possibly could and it isn't altogether an inappropriate end to be blown up in a deafening roar of guns but you will defeat this plot pleaded miss pym you know that you are of more use alive than dead just so said koitsik with a whimsical smile still i might be useful as saint koitsik wearing the aureole of saints and martyrs you know socialists have a remarkable calendar of saints that meeting you allude to is in commemoration of la salle though in confidence i may assure you that he was much more interesting dead than alive koitsik do let us talk seriously said miss pym very earnestly promise me that you will not go to this meeting indeed i want you to do more i want you to leave germany i will help you to escape i have maps compasses i can always obtain food and shelter you can hide in woods and outhouses and we could walk at night it is easier than you think and then you shall come to england i can explain your presence and make it safe for you or if you prefer it you can go to sweden and work out your ideas there there need be no difficulty about money brother koitsik he sat looking at her with a very kindly smile how nicely you arrange it all like a very kind very silly little girl but you lack intuition that's certain so you really think i would leave my country and my people at such a crisis you think i do not love germany that i am not german through and through and you picture me living by police permission in england or else making futile speeches at stockholm miss pym looked crestfallen there there you meant it all kindly and 
beautifully and i am ungrateful to resent the proposal no i do not resent it i just set it aside you see unfortunately i resemble the all-highest in one respect we both have a withered limb but i have not like him a withered soul i would much prefer being chained to a machine-gun to escaping say to england or sweden but by warning me about this plot to kill me you have done me a great service i am not at all anxious to have my career cut short just when dawn maybe is breaking i am convinced that the old order of things is passing i am so certain of this that i think meetings and speeches are hardly necessary when the saucepan is on a roaring fire it is hardly necessary to add a lighted match the boiling over is sure to come i do not as a rule care much for paradox but what i am about to say though it appears paradoxical is really a great truth now miss barton listen to the words of a staunch german our only chance of victory lies in defeat complete and not partial defeat just as surely as the only chance of the allies is in complete and not partial victory we must lose to win the flaming dawn is breaking how many have died to see no german boy has died in vain if only we are beaten germany must lose her body to save her soul war is damnable but who knows the all-highest by some awful irony is destined to liberate germany from kaiserdom if the allies falter or fail we are lost shades of the prison-house envelop us once more the allies must not meet german emissaries of the kaiser masquerading as labour or socialists they only seek to deceive and to win by fraud what they cannot win by force of arms i am convinced that the uplifting of germany can only come after her downthrow i do not therefore look on the allies as enemies you are in reality our allies my prayer to england and france would be do not fail us the rot in russia is the work of german imperialism let that be a warning to fools and visionaries in the west bismarck liberated france france will liberate germany tell them this in england as for me for my fate it is exceedingly unimportant of course i hope to see the new birthday of germany and though i shall not be able to dance i shall hop with the merriest and drink good rhine wine to celebrate the arrival of der tag and now my sister how about yourself i cannot in the least understand how you come to be walking about free in berlin you are a very wonderful woman and even a very mysterious woman oh by the way you will excuse my asking said the monkey-faced one his eyes dancing with fun but after we parted at cologne did you by any chance marry a german and since become widowed i ask because of this and he lifted up miss pym's long crape veil perdita blushed i did it for safety to look more german alas you wear the livery of europe to-day sighed koitzik but here come kati and hartburg with refreshment you will not mind supping with us and then hartburg will accompany you to your hotel by the way where are you hiding yourself when miss pym told him she was staying at the adlon he gave a low whistle the adlon 
well perhaps the greatest daring means the greatest wisdom the police won't be looking for you there still i don't understand how you registered how you got the permit and without a passport but here's the evening meal questions can wait miss pym sat down at the polished table between koitzik and hartburg kati a calm solemn german woman dressed in black waited upon them the meal consisted of sardines one egg for miss pym and some very nice hamburg rusks fine black grapes and three ripe figs the wine amber-coloured was very fine and sweet enough to please miss pym koitzik skilfully filled her glass whenever she turned to talk to hartburg whether it was the wine or the kindness and sympathy miss pym warmed and expanded and ended by telling that which she had not meant to tell i spent yesterday at potsdam she began and as this in no way surprised her audience she added ah but you will never guess where i slept and whom i saw give it up said koitzik slipping a fig on to her plate i saw the kaiser and i slept at the new palace and and i breakfasted there koitzik dropped the bunch of grapes and hartburg violently pushed back his chair you did not said hartburg roughly how did you said koitzik gently i got into the palace at dark i slipped in and hid myself i evaded the guards hartburg was going to speak but koitzik stayed him with uplifted hand i got into the kaiser's room unseen he was talking to a big heavy man he called anton yes yes cried hartburg wildly excited yes that's count anton von ortmann hush let miss barton speak uninterrupted said koitzik the kaiser was in bed very dolorous about his feelings and his dislike of going to the front because he hated seeing dead or suffering men he spoke with dread of the cold on the russian front he pitied himself a lot he would interjected hartburg he also complained bitterly that michaelis was thrust upon him as chancellor by the crown prince he had just had a violent scene with the crown prince and this anton soothed him like an old nurse after a while the count what do you call him ortmann asked the kaiser to spare the life of an english girl condemned to death at liege for helping her lover to escape she was to be shot this morning and the stout man called anton had motored over to try and get a reprieve but because the girl was english the kaiser would not hear of it he became so furious that the man left and then i came out and told the kaiser he was a wicked devil and i fired off a pistol at him a pistol i had taken from an officer i pulled the trigger six times but all in vain it was not loaded i had never thought of examining the pistol how splendid of you cried hartburg and what a pity you failed how utterly foolish of you said koitzik and how fortunate that you failed no we don't want the kaiser to slip out of his difficulties the results of his crimes and mistakes in that way it is in the great plan of things that he should suffer and pay with the crown princess kaiser things would be just as bad but even if he were an improvement on his father it is not the individuals we have to pick off it is the whole system we have to uproot so allow me to congratulate you on failing to execute the all-highest i believe you are right said miss pym i acted on impulse 
thinking I would rid the world of a monster of cruelty. When I heard him refuse so brutally to reprieve that poor girl, I could not contain myself. Oh, I understand your feeling, and share your indignation. But tell me, how did you escape? I rushed out by a farther room, dodged along corridors, and hid myself in one of many unoccupied apartments. A very surprising adventure. So you were the guest of the All-Highest, after all. Does this end your ambitious program? It is time I returned to England, replied Miss Pym, though I should like to see Hindenburg. I suppose you want him to sign an autograph book, said Koitsik, with a smile. You are pleased to be sarcastic, said Miss Pym, rather embarrassed. Hindenburg, I can assure you, is not an agreeable person to meet, but you are hardly likely to do so. He is now on his way to Flanders, and will probably visit headquarters near Turquin, and you, of course, will try and escape by Holland. But I cannot for the life of me see how you will do it. You came here at great risk to yourself to warn me. I wish I could make some return and save you. If you could lie hidden, I might work out a plan. I have friends, but I have plans of my own which will safeguard me. So you need not be troubled about me in the least, said Miss Pym earnestly. I wish I could let you know when I am safe home again. You might advertise in your Times newspaper at a definite date, say, this day month, and on three consecutive days. English newspapers are obtainable here, you know. And now we must part, said Miss Pym, rising. Do you know, Koitsik, it has made a great difference to me meeting you. You have shown me a glimpse of a chastened, purified Germany, where I saw nothing but a welter of savagery and treachery. I believe in your tog. But remember, our defeat is the condition, replied Koitsik. Germany cannot conquer herself. She must be conquered. We can only rise reborn from the flaming pyre. The phoenix could not nestle peaceably. The fiery furnace was her cradle. Hartborg, you will see Miss Pym to the linden, and now make sure the coast is clear. Hartborg went ahead, and Perda to Pym followed slowly with Koitsik. On the second floor she paused under a gas-jet. We must wait here a moment, he said. Miss Pym suddenly felt a strange pang, a premonition that Koitsik would soon behold his great day, but not on this earth. I, I shall see you again, she murmured. He answered her thought. How curious it is. You all seem to think dying the most dreadful thing, and the end of everything. To me it is beautiful, and to be deserved, and the best kiss is that tender, desired, last embrace of our great mother, the earth. Merkelstrasse is quite clear, said Hartborg, panting up the steps. As she descended, Miss Pym looked back at Koitsik, and she saw that his face had become beautiful. End of chapter 25